was a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence that can't go on. Friday the 27th of June 2008. Newcomers should always look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com while it's still up there and download as much of the material as possible because there's a lot of information, a wealth of information and history contained within which should enable you to take shortcuts through history and time of the present and show you how we've got to this stage and to prove to you that nothing's simply developing and evolving by itself as time goes on the way that the media is supposed to present it to the public also look into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download in the various languages of Europe it's amazing to watch the weather manipulation on a daily scale. And it's been amazing to watch it for the last 10 years or more. While most people are looking at the sidewalk as they walk along, at least they're looking at things horizontally, they don't look up. And they don't notice what changes have happened in cloud formations. And they don't even know what a normal condensation trail from a jet looks like compared to the the chemical sprays which have been given off for 10 years or so as they do manipulate the weather. And of course, the majority of people, it doesn't matter if you show them all the evidence in the world. If it's not on mainstream television, it can't be happening. That's where they get their reasoning and their thinking from. It's all done for them by the media. But you watch this happening, and I've watched them creating storms right above me, and it blows down to Toronto, and even in the day's paper, it tells you a oh, storm heading for Toronto, maybe twisters, maybe lightning and so on, and hail. And as I say, I'm, I'm hundreds of miles northeast of there, and I watch them make it. It's quite entertaining to, to, to understand, when you understand what's happening. Very, very entertaining indeed, because you can always predict what's going to happen next. And we've watched them wiping out the farmers and the breadbasket of the U.S. and Canada over these last 10 years simple stuff written into the weather warfare treaty at the United Nations in the 1970s either flood them out or give them drought very simple stuff with today's technology and in that weather warfare treaty they say that atom bombs are obsolete now weather warfare is far more powerful they can literally bring storms across whole continents and wipe out thousands or even millions of homes if they want to. Old, old stuff. High technology and the Wizard of Oz behind the curtains pulling the strings. And as long as he doesn't come out, as long as he keeps whistling when we ask him what he's doing and never admits to anything, it will continue. Because we must be convinced that we are the problem. And sure enough, people are starting to parrot 
carbon footprints and climate change. You don't get weather, now you get climate change. And all of this stuff in their regular conversations. They're being, the victims are being trained to believe there's the cause of it all. And of course, with ignorant victims, it's quite easy to do. Those victims don't know that the whole culture that they've been given for the last hundred years was a planned culture, just like the one that's coming up is planned as well. Planned not by the people. We simply adapt and accept what culture we're given, what mode of transportation we're given, and so on. Or the big boys who owned it are changing it to the next step to suit themselves. Back with more after this break. Hi, I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And before I go on to my talk tonight, I should give myself a quick plug and tell you to look into the, the site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and see what's for offer there for sale, because that keeps me going, along with the few contributions I get from people. And it's generally the same people over and over. That keeps me going, and it's up to you to do so if you are getting something out of this. So much for my shameless self-promotion. Now, getting back to the weather warfare and so on, we're in a time of long-planned chaos. We're going into the, we're over the brink, we're going into the deep now, as crisis comes from every direction, and the signs of it being planned are all around you. You don't hit people who are struggling to keep their vehicles on the road with the high cost of gasoline. You don't hit them at the same time with carbon taxes and so on, but they are. This is to intensify it. Everything is to be intensified, and bureaucracies are allowed now to run rampant, almost like little independent governments. And this was predicted as early as the 1950s by Lord Bertrand Russell and Aldo Huxley. They talked about the coming tyranny of officialdom, when there'd be so many government departments, they'd literally be standing on each other's toes for territory and power. And it was just designed this way. Lenin talked about it in 1917. He also said it would come around the turn of the century, the end of the, or the end of the millennium. And we just passed that a few years ago. And sure enough, here it is. And this is the plan to pummel the public and create shock and, uh, shock and awe is what they use now, shock and awe and put you into that limbo state where you allow yourself to be managed with all these ridiculous uh, crazy laws now remember, Burden Russell also said techniques had been developed which were perfectly workable they did work on most people, and he said eventually you'll be able to convince the public of anything with these techniques, and that's what they've done with this global warming scam as they create the build-up of heat here and there across the planet with this massive air force that's spraying from Canada to Australia to Britain to all over Scandinavia. And even China's getting it now. And no one will take responsibility for this particular air force, just like the one that H.G. Wells had in Shape of Things to Come, 
he called it the the brotherhood of the air, the Freemasonry of the air, he said, the scientific elite, as they would gas people into submission. Well, here they are, dropping all this stuff into the clouds, and you see those trails growing bigger and bigger, and then you see the weather changing, and you get these odd rainbow bursts around the sun. That's because of the polymer that they use, stuff developed for the military, which is actually designed to carry viruses or bacterium or chemical agents down to the surface. It's all happening. And as I say, when this is happening, there can, all the, the big organizations, the well-funded non-governmental organizations to do with greening are all, and force are all got ads on television and the big marketing companies are on board with it. They love the term on board, being pirates. And they're spouting the greening campaigns everywhere you go. And just to make sure we get the message, they're going to intensify the food shortage because, as I say, they're, they're wiping out the farms and the produce for this year at this moment as we speak with flooding and so on. But let's be honest, most people will never accept or even look into what we're talking about here regardless of the evidence. They have been trained since childhood to believe mainstream media. So we cannot concentrate on them. They've never been conscious. In line with what I'm talking about is an article from journalsentinel.com posted June the 23rd, 2008. And it's interesting the way it's worded because this is down in the farm belt in the U.S., this is the chaos that erupted outside Milwaukee's County Maine Welfare Office Monday over disaster-related food aid had more to do with a weak economy and crushing poverty in parts of this community than the devastating floods that swept through the estate. Earlier this month, local government and food relief officials said. So it's, nothing, it's not really to do with the flood that's driving these people to get food aid is because they're crushing poverty. This is America, people. This is America. And the officials are admitting it. It's because of the poverty. 3,000 people turned out for assistance beginning at 3 a.m. Monday. Sounds like the Soviet Union, doesn't it? Creating a line that stretched several blocks around the Marcia P. Coggs Human Services Center at 1220 West Lyette Street, at least one woman said she was trampled when a crowd rushed the doors as they opened around 7.30 a.m. And dozens of Milwaukee police officers and sheriff's deputies were called to quell the scene. The food crisis in Milwaukee and throughout the United States is worse than many of us have realized, said Milwaukee Common Council President Lee Hines, who with other elected officials called on the community to support local food pantries. We expect long lines of free food in third-world countries, Heinz said. We don't expect a line of 2,500 people waiting for food vouchers in Milwaukee. And that was then. No one was seriously injured, and there were no arrests Monday, but those in line described the scene as chaotic. Many thought they would receive vouchers immediately, and frustration mounted when some learned this was not the case. They just went crazy down there, totally crazy, said Charlene Britt of Milwaukee, who said she was trampled 
than 200 people surged forwards as the doors opened. They kicked me in my back, stepped over my shoes, said Brit would come to the centre at 4.30 a.m. because her basement flooded in the recent rains. I fainted when I got through the door. Then it goes on and on with what's happening down there. And this is only the latest thing that comes to me along this desk here from many organizations in Canada and the States who are seeing the pinch. It's not just people who are unemployed or on the welfare list who are going into food banks now. It's people who are working and can't afford their rent. I said years ago, as the United States finishes off its job to bring in a new world order, we'll be pulling the rug from underneath them back home at the same time. And that is happening. That is happening because it must merge in to the world system which it helped fund and create. Not a nice picture, but that's where it's supposed to go. Novus Ordo Seclorum. And the people, as I say, who don't want to know, don't want to hear, uh, you have to forget them because they're casualties of complete indoctrination. It's strange too, I think, even deep down within them, for all their indoctrinations, they are making choices that somehow work in a certain way which we don't understand yet. Because no one can possibly say, in this day and age, they didn't know what was happening across the world. They didn't know what their elected leaders and their tax money was doing to other people. No one could possibly feign ignorance. They can't do that. So somehow this ties up in it, perhaps collectively, who knows. But for those who are awake, you have to keep your cool because they say that ignorance is bliss and we cannot be ignorant anymore. We're not ignorant. We've woken up. And we must be able to handle the bad news because it's a war and people crack under warfare. This is to be an ongoing war which the elite have published from the Department of Defense concerning the 30 years of intensifying riots globally, but mainly across the Western world. That's from their own Ministry of Defense in Britain and for the NATO countries. And I, when 9-11 happened, I said to people, this is a kickoff for the next phase. It wasn't the beginning of it. It was a, simply the next phase. And I said, the hardest thing will be to hold on to your sanity as we go through it. And sure enough, we're getting all these oddball, crazy, mad as a hatcher policies coming out from all bureaucracies and the big stick of the environment has been wielded over the public and the cops and the, and the military are ready to back it up you know the odd thing about war or law I should say law is just an order that's given by someone it could be a tyrant doesn't really matter who it is yet we're taught that somehow it's a holy word well that's the law you've got, you've got to obey the law one day, they'll be bringing in members of the public for execution, and that will also be law. And I'm not kidding about that. That will be law. And then most people will go along. 
obediently because you must obey the law. And people will kill them because they must obey the law too and they work for them and after all it's just their job, right? That's what we're going to see coming down the pipe, people losing their heads as they go through incredible craziness. It's not bad enough, as I say, that everything is going out of sight because it's planned that way. The economy is planned to cause incredible inflation and terrify the public. And out of that, by the way, will come the next part of the total measure for the Americas. That will be their solution. That's how it's going to be presented to the public. Common currency, common parliament for the Americas. Back with more after this break. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. The last talk I gave was to do with this nonsense about Al-Qaeda spreading into the the big white, blue-eyed, blonde world. That follows on the heels, of course, by this EIA's declaration a couple of months previously that they were getting sophisticated and turning out these blonde people so it could be anyone, you see. Because they've got to justify what they're doing to the whole world over this farce of Al-Qaeda. It's nothing to do with Al-Qaeda, as we know. This is an old plan, simply being promoted worldwide to make everybody obey and be obedient as we go through the changes, which ultimately ultimately come to extinction for a lot of people and a whole new type of society at the end of the 30 years' riots that they're going to bring on. And it's so amazing, uh, this double-think you know, we can have a, a good sadist who tortures people for the military. He's a good sadist because he wears the right uniform. And he, he'll like his job too. And I'm sure they don't have to give him pills to sleep at night. Uh, but a, a young boy, supposedly real or imaginary, who knows, um, with the same symptoms is a bad boy because he's, he's not a soldier yet, you see. There's your, there's your craziness because there's no logic there at all. Something's either wrong or, or it's right in either case. And wrong must always be wrong, you see. It's very, very simple. That's called logic. But we don't live in a logical world. It's not meant to be logical. We're meant to live in a form of insanity, controlled insanity, by those who control the culture, industry, and the media. And that which we adopt, we adopt, and we adapt. We adapt through all the crazy changes until anything can become normal, and it will become normal. Crazy things become normal after a generation or so. In a generation or so, you probably hear people going off to the to the extermination chamber, and giving themselves up to save Mother Earth, and that will be considered normal too. You can do anything, as, as Russell said. You can convince them of anything with enough propaganda and mind conditioning. And this is out of Britain, before I go to the callers, let you read this, because it shows you the kind of character that has been bred over the last 20, 25 years. Intentionally, one generation was, grown, was bred purposely, given a different culture from the previous, the most debased culture, music and otherwise, and entertainment-wise, and all they've played were video games to kill, 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 until they eventually get to wear that black uniform and have the real gun, and so on. We, call, we still call them police, although they're paramilitary organizations. 
And this is from the, the mirror.co.uk, 26th of June, 2008, by Richard Smith. Innocent dad beaten by Kung Fu police. You see the picture of this man all beaten up with his eye almost hanging out. This is David Markham's injuries after being attacked by police officers. David Mar- um, this is David Markham after the attack. Shows you the picture. This is the pictures. The dad claimed yesterday he was battered and given a kung fu style kicking by police who thought he was a joyrider fleeing a stolen car. Former David Markham, he's a farmer, 35, claims he was attacked by two officers when he stepped outside his bungalow after hearing a crash. The married dad of three spent seven hours in hospital after the attack and has only 40% vision in his left eye, bruising to his head, ribs and back. He said, you don't expect to walk out of your front door and be battered by the police. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? It's happening all over. I thought I was going to die. It was like something out of life on Mars. One officer ran towards me and knocked me to the ground with a kung fu kick in the ribs. This is what they want to do. These are the young bullies at school. You'll see them doing it there. Then they grow up to be these cops. Then he kicked me in the eye and three or four times on the back of the head while I was face down on the ground. That's a favourite of theirs now. They like to, they don't want to actually hear your neck, your neck snapping. The other officer sat in my back, pummeling me. I was in agony and screaming for help from my wife and was shouting, you've got the wrong man, it's not me. Police were hunting for a passenger who fled from a stolen car. Well, even if you had a real person who really did flee from a stolen car, is that how you apprehend them? You want to kick them? The driver was arrested, it says. The drama unfolded when David and a eight-week pregnant wife, Stephanie, were woken by one of their children crying at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning on their farm in Corley near Coventry. David, a chicken breeder, explained when he heard police sirens he were out of bed and went to see if he could help. He said, I met a police officer on the drive. He grabbed both my hands and asked for my name and date of birth, which I gave him. He wanted to know my telephone number but didn't accuse me of anything. He just asked me questions. Then he let go of my hands and waved over a second policeman. He came charging at me full tilt and kicked me to the ground kung fu style. Now, here's, here's the difference here. You know, this is why it's in the paper. David's brother, Dan, is, is a director on BBC television programming Crime Watch UK. Ho, ho. While his second brother, Matt, is a detective chief inspector and third brother, Richard, is a police sergeant. Oh, boy, are these little kung fu guys going to get it, say. They'll have to move them off to the North Pole. The farmer said, I didn't imagine the police could ever behave in this way. I've always had a really high respect for my brothers and we bring up our children to respect the law. But how would you tell an eight-year-old you've just been beaten up by the police? This is the generation, as I say, that's been purpose-bred for the bullying tactics which they will be allowed to use on the general public in the not-too-distant future. You couldn't get the old-style police to do what must be done, according to the elite, uh, very shortly. So they've bred a generation and given them the most base or debased culture ever. I'll be back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
back, cutting through the matrix, this big, thick, deceptive system in which we live, but is well-managed, is well-controlled. And we'll go to the callers, and I think we've got a long distance here from Evros in Cyprus. Hello? A call from Cyprus. Hello, Alan. Yes. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, uh um, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I've been listening to you for a few years. I just wanted to thank you for doing what you're doing. You're doing an excellent job. Um, I actually wanted to talk about what you started off the show with, and it was the whole um, weather warfare thing. Um, Cyprus has recently taken on the euro, as you probably know. We've just gone into the European Union, yeah. and uh, we're currently experiencing one of the worst droughts in recent history. Now, in the past few years, they've been spraying the hell out of us, and I've noticed this, and a lot of my friends and um, like-minded people have been noticing this. Now, you've mentioned how the chemtrails can bring storms, but can they actually stop rain as well, do you think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's documented, as I say, in their own weather warfare treaty at the United Nations. Uh, they can uh, add chemical substances which will actually disperse clouds and then bring in the harp, which will cause the jet stream to move the clouds wherever they want them, even hundreds or thousands of miles away. Yeah. Alan, this is exactly what's been going on. You have in the distance, looming in the distance, you have big black clouds, and you know it's going to rain in half an hour. Yeah. In 20 minutes, the clouds are over your head, and it will start sprinkling. And I guarantee you, within five to ten minutes, they're gone completely. Yes. And it's like the whole winter it's been like this. We haven't had a drop of rain. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. it's all part of this thing of basically bringing us to our knees, both economically and culturally, before we really be assimilated into the whole European thing. And, um, and also, another thing that you've been saying that's really been resonating with me recently is the whole wanting people to be in the city. Now, I live just on the outskirts of Limassol, so I haven't really been affected by the water cuts, but most of the country has um, water less than, I think it's about three three times a week now they, they, they regularly cut the water off yeah. now the difference between me being able to water my trees and my best man let's say in the city who hasn't got enough water to brush his teeth is so evident now and yeah. it's just quite scary I mean it's 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 something that they will solve eventually but they're going to offer us we're going to beg them to offer us the solution that they want and it's exactly. going to be basically to price us into the ground yes exactly yeah One and, and new rules regulations yeah Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, yeah, one other thing before I go, I just wanted to ask you, if you, do you have any, I mean, have you read anything or do you have any inkling of what their agenda might be for this island? Because there's so much money coming into this place at the moment. You probably know it's one of the money laundering, you know, centers of the world. And there's so many foreign businesses, foreign people buying properties here, big Big money is basically coming here to the point where the local people are kind of being priced out. You know, your average, yeah. the traditional Cypriot life where, you know, you'd, you'd get married and um, your, your, your wife's father might buy you a house or something, that's gone now. They, don't, they can't even afford to buy you an apartment with the way the prices mm -hmm. have risen. They've priced the local people out of actually owning property. And I'm just wondering what, I mean, what this tiny little place, what their agenda might be for this place in the future. I'll take your um, answer off there, but thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Yeah, there's no doubt uh, they have set up a few places in the world for the elite themselves to move into uh, when the troubles start. And they'll be very modern uh, type cities, new buildings, structures, and so on. And as you're quite right, too, they're pricing the little people out, and they, and they actually encourage them to, to emigrate, to get out of those countries and go over to other European countries or over to um, Americas. 
and that's what they're going to do probably in that area too now that the big elite boys are moving in and building their their futuristic homes where they'll weather the storms and be well protected from the mobs they'll be arising elsewhere in the world so that's probably one of them indeed now we'll go to with Alma on the line is Alma there Hi, Alma. Um, this is Alma. How are you doing, Alan? Yes. Hope you're doing fine. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, I finally found someone interested in your book, and I, I gave it my book away to them, knowing I'd never see it again. So I'll have to order more books from you. I'll be doing that. Thank you for your show. Um, I'm taking um, a satirical Renaissance course, and um, the people that, that the poets. Uh, John Donne, Thomas Lodge, Joseph Hall, and Marston. And it started dawning upon me that these people are, a lot of them are nothing more than court jesters, uh, just like we have today, entertaining the people into the elitist agenda. But more than that, I, I'm not sure if it's Marston or Hall that uh, actually worked for the Queen under Secret Service. Mm-hmm. And then my, um, I'm going to ask a couple questions, a few questions, and then get off and, let, and listen on air. And then I have, um, t- I wanted to know if you have any idea of what books I can use to decipher this in Middle English. It is like a totally foreign language. Yeah. And um, if you want to talk about um, Ama, uh, Amarita Ananya, Damaya, who's supposed to be the new divine mother, that I, some of my friends, I, I can't believe that they're been taken in by this woman, but maybe you, if you could just pick one of those subjects uh, mm-hmm. to speak to, then um, I appreciate your show, and I'm going to let you go and listen on uh, off air. Yeah, yeah, thanks for calling. Thank yeah, you, sir. Yes, no doubt. Uh, they have declassified information to uh, a, a one major author at the moment. This is how they do things. They declassify it, and they give it to someone who's connected to publish the first book on this very topic, the culture industry, uh, where they admit and they list all the famous poets that were authorized to work for a Department of Culture uh, for the British and the American governments all throughout the Cold War, in fact, even from earlier times as well. Because everything, all information, even that which you like, even poetry which can carry you away in a dream, shapes your mind and your way of thinking. And not only that, you then start to read the lives of these poets and the way it is presented to you is so wonderful. You adopt their opinions and attitudes. We copy, you see. Very few people are truly independent. We tend to copy people and adopt their postures and their opinions. This works very well for most people, for the masses, as I say. But, yeah, these big poets were all uh, put out there, and there are lists of them and declassified documentation from the CIA and from the British government, MI6, that worked together to give us all the famous people in the last 50, 60 years or so, and even before. And and as far as Middle English goes, there are some programs out there you can download, do a search for them. And remember, too, Middle English really was a transitory phase between Old German and when they brought in the New English which was to be the international language of business for the world, according to, to John Dee and Francis Bacon, who had a hand in making it. But there are whole teams uh, that, that went into creating this new English language. And uh, as I say, they said that would be the business language of the future for, the, for this British empire. They were creating this global empire. 
and it's been very successful. It is the business language, but they knew that 500 years ago. They go and, and do some searches for the programs you can get, which are free on the particular wording. It was also brought in again with Shakespeare at the same time, who introduced thousands and thousands of new words that helped to promote it from the university level down. And then, of course, the King James Bible did the rest. That's why they all worked together at the same time. Now we'll go on to Rose from Georgia. Are you there, Rose? Hey there, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Hey, would it surprise you that we're having like a little major um, electrical storm? No. Over a little part of Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, what a surprise. We go from drought to this. But anyway, um, I just wanted to thank you for all the wonderful reading tips that you give us all the time. I'll tell you what, boy, since I've been listening to you, man, I've been learning. Not just from what you have to say, but I dig up everything that you talk about. Look for it on the Internet, read all this stuff. But anyway, so now I'm going through um, Bertrand Russell, yeah. his... Um, his book, The Scientific Outlook, and it's amazing some of the things he had to say. They're pretty chilling. Yeah. There's yeah. this one chapter, Now I haven't finished the book yet. There's this one chapter, and it's called Technique in Inanimate Nature. Mm-hmm. And, man, there it is. Yeah. Probably 80 years ago he was saying this shit. But anyway, he says, the supply of oil in the world is limited. It will probably not be very long before the world's supply is practically exhausted unless Wars which will take place for its possession are sufficiently destructive to reduce the level of civilization to a point where oil will no longer be needed. Now, it's important for everybody who's listening right now, really pay attention. Hello? Hello? Oh, she got cut off. If you're, if you're there, Rose, call back. Call back and we probably have time to get you back on again. And then we've got uh, John from Texas. Is John there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I'm 18 years old, and I've been listening to you now for about three months, and I've been looking up a lot of stuff. And uh, I have one question, though, that's really confusing me. I'm confused about really what had come first. Did the writings of the Bible come first, or are they just following? Why they? I mean, they're following the same thing that the Bible's leading up to. Yeah. Are they following because they made it, or are they following because that is the outcome? Well, I'll tell you. If you understand, very few people don't, do understand how the Bible was put together, or the history of it, and even when certain books were, were um, accepted into it. And Revelations, if you look at it, it's written in what's called the mystery language, the typical mystery language of the day. It's it's very um, um, sort of metaphysical type language. And the reason for that being there's an esoteric message for those in the know who get taught it. And there's the exoteric for the masses who then argue about all the points which they don't understand. But there's no doubt Revelations is a sort of blueprint which they are following to the letter with their plagues, famines, war, uh, marks, so you can't buy or sell without, uh, without the mark, etc. Uh, they're following that to the letter. Um, earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. Everything can be done today with science, if you understand it. And you understand that even in the earliest mystery religions, going back thousands of years, they often couched it in the terms of nature, understanding nature's laws. They meant science. And by breaking down the sciences, they'd be able to control nature. 
uh, by understanding it and using it on the public. And I've no doubt whatsoever they had um, information long, long ago uh, on sciences which are relatively advanced, really. Um, the alchemists of the Middle Ages, if you look into them, they were the same. Uh, they were a fraternity who belonged mainly to the Rosicrucian societies, and they swore not to divulge the, the, their findings to the general public because knowledge is power, and they were into weaponry and, and various forms of gunpowders and so on. And they said that that would give them power over the masters of the world one day, the scientific elite that H.G. Wells eventually talked about. It's all the same um, fraternities down through the ages uh, that keep real, real sciences from the public. Anything the public is given is obsolete. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, you've got to understand how, how it really works because... They've dug up what are lead batteries, and, and they've got them on display in museums in Cairo, and some in, uh, I think, in Iran too, in Iraq. And uh, uh, that's just how it is. There's old, old sciences. In Moscow Museum, they've got polished lenses that would do telescopes and perhaps even microscopes in, in the museum there they got from Egypt. Yeah. So um, I think Rose is back from Georgia. Rose... Are you there? Yeah, hey. Yes. I'm back. Okay, did okay. you cut off with the storm? Wasn't right? that perfect? Yeah. So I had a strike of lightning and thunder, and boom, out went the power. Oh, that's, the that's, phone that's, that's, the, that's control. <laughs> that's control. I'll tell you, they, they got it down to a science. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to share a couple more of these, these things that Bertrand Russell had to say, because I, I think they're perfect. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he says that modern technique has given man a sense of power, which is rapidly altering his whole mentality. It doesn't sound very promising to me. I don't know about how it sounds to anybody else. But anyway, he also says, to the typical modern mind, nothing is interesting on account of what it is, but only on account of what it may be made to become. I guess we want to tweak nature and make it better than it is. So in psychological terms, the love of power has thrust aside all other impulses that make the complete human life. I love the way he words this because it's just, I mean, his his writing is blowing me away. Anyway, manipulation and exploitation are the ruling passions of the typical scientific industrialist. The average man may not share this narrow concentration, but for that very reason he fails to acquire a hold on the sources of power. And then he wraps up that chapter by saying, all history shows that great power is intoxicating. Oh, boy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Really? Like we didn't know that. Uh, Fortunately, the modern holders of power are not yet quite aware how much they could do if they chose. Well, that part I don't agree with. But when this knowledge dawns upon them, a new era in human tyranny is to be expected. He's not saying possibility. It is to be expected. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, He's telling us where it's coming from. But you know what? That was 80 years ago. Yeah. I'll tell you what, most people reading this guy 80 years ago are probably dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here we are. Not, if it weren't for you, most of us would probably even, not even dig into this reading. So all yeah. you folks out there, you're listening to Alan. He's your teacher. And we only have him for a little bit of time, so, you know, follow all the readings. But um, I want to thank you. Man, you're awesome. You're the best. You are, to me, your voice, and what you have to say is a guiding hand through the smoke and mirrors and then the, the hell fires that are coming ahead of us down the road. But uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, keep on keeping on. You're the best, Alan. And thanks for calling. We Rose. love you. You're, I mean, we, you are it, man. <laughs> you hang in there. I, I'll tell you what. If there is a God and if there's a heaven, I mean, I don't believe in all that stuff because I am not really religious. But I'll tell you what, man, you would shoot straight to heaven. Yeah. And you I'll, will pass, you won't pass so, yeah. and you won't collect two hundred dollars. But you're going straight to heaven. You're going to be sitting on a cloud, man, right up there. That'll do me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wish for you. Yeah. Well, you thanks for most, calling, Rose. You have the most glorious you night. Take care. And we've got Tom in Massachusetts. See you there, Tom. Hello, Tom. Yes, Alan. Yes, go ahead. I've got a question for you. Um, just want to know what your take was on the uh, all this 2012 uh, phenomena, which uh, involves the Mayan calendar. No, nothing at all. I tell you, um, if you ever read uh, Alastair Crowley, who worked for MI5 and 6, he, in his own memoirs, the B666, he tells you that he was inducted into all branches of Freemasonry, but he was inducted into the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry while in Latin America by a Mayan. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say Maya backwards, you've got I am, you see? I and, am. And, of course, the whole thing is to make all the New Agers think that something wonderful is going to happen, and they all go along with it. And, uh, of course, if something is going to happen, absolutely. They've already said 2010 for the amalgamation of the Americas and 2012 for the UN to come out as the world power. So that's really what's going to happen. Okay, great. Thanks for the info. And thanks for calling. I'll be back with more after this break. Through the Matrix, and we have time to get a couple of callers in Albert from New Brunswick, Canada. Are you there, Albert? Yes, I am. Yes. I was wondering if uh, you knew anything about DARPA. Yeah. You do? No. Uh-huh. Uh, the Artificial Intelligence Control Grid? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess uh, anyone can um, uh, check that out, any of your listeners. Uh, D A R P A. DARPA's IXO, Artificial Intelligence Control Grid. Yeah, yeah they, they put a lot of stuff out at the beginning. In fact, they had a pyramid with an all-seeing eye looking down upon the masses, the people below. That was their initial logo. Then they pulled that and into some really high-tech stuff. And it's mainly to do along the road of interfacing the human brain with computer under the guise of helping paraplegics, although they're the military establishment. So... Yeah, they're, they're heavily funded, and they're part of the total surveillance network. It's awesome. It's really yeah. awesome. I mean, it, uh, to, call, you know, to call something awesome that is actually evil, but, uh, you know, at the same time, yes. this nanotechnology, the biotechnology, the autonomous drones, the naval sea bases, spe- uh, space weapons, Weather mod- what you know about, too. This is and, the only ones we know about. Yeah, and weather, mo- yeah, and weather modification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All to control us. That's right. Amazing. Okay, I just wanted to drop that in there for all of your listeners. Okay, thank Keep you. Keep up the good work, man. You take care. And I've got Megan from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Megan? Alan, hello. Hello. Okay, it's that dreaded, uh, that, well, never mind. Anyway, I just wanted to rec- recommend that if all the listeners would make a small monthly donation, it would add up and be helpful. 
for you, and that I'm going to hang up now and put my money where my mouth is. Okay, oh, thank, thank you, Alan. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true, because very few people really do. It's the same when I used to be on the Sweet Liberty. People thought everyone else was probably sending money in, and, and of course it went under eventually uh, Jackie Petrucci's show because the money wasn't coming in. Uh, you leave it to everyone else, and of course once you're off the air, they're saying, what happened to you? Where'd you go? And you tell, well, no one, no one helped. It's always the same few people who help each time. And that's just the sign of the times as well. And again, there's so many others out there crying for, for, for money and giving out stories to fascinate people and keep them going in circles uh, that they're confused and they do send off uh, money to other people. But you have to, you have to do that. You send it where the money, your money, where you think you're getting the most from for you personally. And that is up to you. But it is up to you if you want me to keep it going or not, because I don't get paid for the shows. I never ask for anything on, on any of the shows of TV or radio. And I'm only doing this because it must be done. It must be done. And at least I've changed the face of Patriot Radio and getting them out of the old loop they used to be in of left and right and just voting and all this stuff and showing them the big, big picture that's not only affecting America, but the whole planet. This is a war on the world, on the entire planet for a whole new system worldwide with a very small population at the end of it and eventually uh, a new made, a new genetically created type to come out of it. They're even passing laws, by the way, in European countries giving great apes all the rights that humans have in preparation for creating chimeras, genetic chimeras. Not kidding. That's what they're doing. What a world, eh? As we go into hell once again. From Hamish and myself in a very mosquito-ridden and deerfly-ridden uh, country land here. Plus there's bears going through the back land right now. It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.